Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 33 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, JR. I hope everybody had a good holiday season. It's good to be back here, 2017, on the Aquascaping Podcast, getting things back up and running. We're going to be talking today about trimming your stem plants, how to get them nice and bushy, as well as attaching mosses and a variety of other topics. Sean and I talked to David O'Brien today. We had a great conversation. You guys probably know him uh, as ADU Aquascaping on YouTube, a super talented, really knowledgeable guy. So look forward to that one coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Before the break, I spoke with George Farmer, a.k.a. the Aquascaper, one of the best-known aquascapers out there, and he agreed to answer some questions from our audience here on the show. So if you have a question for George Farmer, send in your audio or video file to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com for your chance to have it played on the show and answered directly by George Farmer. Again, send in your audio or video files to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com for your chance to have George Farmer answer it personally right here on the show. Don't forget to check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com. You can check out all the interviews and shows over on iTunes as well as Stitcher Radio. All right, here we go. Hey, Aquascaping Nation. Sean here. I hope everybody had a good holiday season and a happy new year. After my AGA entry, I did get a lot of questions about how to trim stem plants to get that big, bushy, full look. It's a lot simpler than you think. And so let's go over the process that I use to kind of bush out and thicken up my stem plants. A lot of people like to top their plants, so basically they will trim the tops off because the crowns are the most attractive parts of the stem plant, and then they'll replant those. Sometimes they'll take out the lower stem portions and replace them with the crowns. Now that is a good technique if you're doing something like, say, a Dutch scape and you're trying to keep... Uh, the plants in a very conformed area. You're trying to keep the number of stems down to a certain number. That's what topping does. Now, one thing that topping does in, say, a nature aquarium, nature aquarium scape, is it makes things look young. You think about it, um, mature scapes don't have those kind of single long stems coming up. And so when you're topping, uh, especially in a nature scape, it's going to start to make look that scape look young, look new, uh, which If you know that, of course, you can use that to provide that young new look. But if you want that branching out, that really bushy look, you're going to need to trim and you're going to need to let the plants grow out and trim again. So I'll just go through it. So first off, after planting, so step one, I just let the the stems grow out and I let them kind of get established, get healthy before I give them a good trim. And once they're kind of grown out, overgrown, I hack them back quite a bit. So I I will cut them down below the level considerably from where I want the the bush to be formed eventually. The next thing I do is after they they grow out from there, they're going to grow a little ways past where I want the bush to be formed. And so then I'll do kind of just a broad trim, shaping, rough shaping trim. And then I'll give it another three to four weeks, which is usually what it takes for most stems Um, to get overgrown and get past uh, the point where they need it. And then I will trim back again another shaping trim just along the lines or just below the line that I want it. And then I'll come back across it with the nice little spring scissors and really shape it up like you're just, you know, pruning a hedge. Shape it up the best you can. And then in a couple weeks, you'll have all those new buds growing out and the bush will take the shape that you had been forming it towards with the previous few trims. 
So the madness continues. I ended up ordering another rimless aquarium over the break, this time a seven-gallon or roughly 26-liter cube, and that should be in early next week. So I can't wait to get that up and running. I love the square aspect ratio. I think it's really pleasing on the eye, but I've been running through some mental gymnastics trying to figure out what kind of equipment should I use, and the big question, should it be high-tech or low-tech, meaning am I going to run pressurized CO2? And having run it before and running it right now on my 60 centimeter, I know the benefits of it, so I think I have to kind of go with that. And I was talking with Sean earlier in the week about multiple tank syndrome and how that leads to multiple CO2 regulator syndrome, which can become pretty expensive. But luckily when I was researching, uh, in the beginning I ended up settling with a Greenleaf Aquarium CO2 regulator. And the best thing about this is I can add for under $100 what they call a manifold block and I could run a completely independent CO2 line on its own needle valve, so I could control separate bubble rates on different systems off of the same CO2 regulator and cylinder. So I don't have to go out and buy an entirely new setup just to have another high-tech system. So if you're out there thinking about what CO2 regulator to get and you're gonna plan on having multiple systems, which if you're like any of us in the hobby, at some point you're gonna wanna run multiple tanks, check out Greenleaf Aquarium. They're in right here in the US. I'm not affiliated with them whatsoever. Uh, they don't advertise or anything like that. This is just from my own personal experience. It's been working out really great so far. Trimming is really important for reasons other than to get the shape you want. Uh, if you want to maintain escape for a long period of time and keep it healthy, you need to trim the plants. You need to cut them back. Uh, you got to remember, we're, we have a closed system here, and as they grow out, um, they can begin to choke themselves out if they're not being trimmed regular, regularly enough. You know, they will restrict flow. They will shade the lower portions of the plants, uh, their own stems, and that can cause some melt or leaf loss. And so regular trimming is going to make sure that the, the plant is renewing itself. It's giving you new, fresh, healthy growth and also not choking itself or other plants out uh, of the scape. And so trimming is very, very important to maintain the long-term health of your aquascapes. You should be trimming. Don't hesitate to hack at plants. Most any plants can take a trim and bounce back from it better and healthier than they were before, provided that you're you know, giving them everything they need, the CO2, the um, the fertilizers, good substrate, those types of things. If your plants are growing healthy, don't be afraid to cut them back a little bit. Each plant, you know, based upon its growth type, might need a little different type of trimming. For example, you know, some plants you don't want to trim too low on uh, as it may kind of damage some of the roots or the or the, the base of where the, the leaves come out of. But for the most part, you know, stem plants particularly take trimming very, very well. Uh, so don't be afraid to hack them back to maintain the health of your aquascape. So what are your plans for the 60 centimeter? Now you, you got the, uh, the 60U, right? I did. Uh, you know, my family was nice enough to uh, indulge my hobby this, this Christmas season. So I got <laughs> so some. So this is, this got is a, your 12th, is going to be your 12th scape you got going there? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I took a lot of things down. Actually, when I took the 90 centimeter down, almost everything came down because when I put it back up, I wanted to be able to really focus on it and give a sincere effort to putting something into the IAPLC that, that I intended to be for the contest. So a lot of things came down. The only thing that stayed up was my cube because my son loves the beta. He loves to feed the beta. And I couldn't get take that down. He would be really sad if I did that. 
But the 60U, yeah, I got that. My, my family gave me some gift cards to a couple places, so I was able to get a light in the tank. Uh, basically, no cost to me. And with that, I've been considering doing a very classic uagumi. I have not ever done a very, you know, a really traditional uagumi. The reason is, is usually I don't have the patience for it. I just, I start looking at it and I go, oh, I want some stem. I want some color. I want a little something else. And so a couple times I've tried, I've usually gone, I think stems will look better here. And so then I throw some stems in and it's no longer, you know, a traditional uagumi. It, it is, it's surprisingly difficult to, to keep things just really, really simple like that. Um, and it does take like a certain amount of, uh, you know, like dedication and, you know, patience and uh, restriction. But man, it does, it looks so cool. If you can do it, if you can wait it out and you have just that one carpet of something, it really, I mean, it really does look pretty cool. Hey, Aquascapers, Sean here. I got a couple quick tips for you on attaching moss to wood. So the first one is if you have some big chunks of moss, sometimes it can help to chop it up. There's a real fun video online uh, of a mono kind of playing the drums on a cutting board with a couple sets of, I don't know, knives or something, chopping up moss to be applied or layered evenly over the, uh, the wood that they're going to tie it onto. It works pretty well, and it's a good way actually to stretch some moss if you don't have a lot of it. And we all know that sometimes it can be tough to get enough moss uh, from places. The other quick tip here is in tying uh, the string uh, around the moss and the piece of wood. If you think about it, you have to hold the wood, you have to hold the moss, and you have to hold the string. We're short of hand, so how do we get over that or around that? Well, this is another thing I picked up from watching an ADA view video. I saw a mono taking the moss, uh, and it's probably pretty rare to find a video of him uh, having done that work since he had so many helpers, but I saw a video of him. He held the loose end of the string in his mouth, so then he had one hand to manipulate the wood and another hand to wrap the string around the wood and the moss. And so that works really well. It's a great way to secure kind of everything you need to hold on to while you tie off the moss. Uh, a lot of people also use a super glue to attach moss. Uh, I like that for things like Anubias, Java ferns, other epiphytes, buse. Uh, and it does work for mosses. Unfortunately, with some mosses, especially uh, more sensitive ones, thinner ones, uh, that cyanoacrylate, which is the type of uh, super glue you should be using. Don't use just your common household super glue. Make sure it is cyanoacrylate. Um, but that can kind of, um, it can be really, really sticky when you're using moss and it can kind of, I guess, suffocate it. Uh, it can coat it pretty thoroughly. Uh, it works great for fissinins though, um, but I haven't liked uh, using it that way with things like Christmas moss. So uh, anyways, that is my little bit, little spiel there. A couple tips to about uh, attaching moss to driftwood. I keep telling myself, you know, this is it, this is it. I already have two aquariums right now sitting downstairs that I have to I have to get rid of because <laughs> I just ended up with too many. And, and my mistake was going with those rimmed aquariums thinking, oh, you know, it's all right, it, you know, it'll be okay. And here we are, like, not even six months later, and those things are already going out the door. So, <laughs> Yep. Yep. I, I was there. I was using my old 20, and then I had uh, an old, ugly 37-gallon tall was my first high-tech aquascape. <laughs> and that is, like, the absolutely worst dimensions ever. I mean, it's, it's worse than a 55-gallon, I swear. 
Um, you know, it's just tall. It's skinny. It, it was horrible to scape in. And so that thing lasted for like one scape. And I was like, I can't do this again. This is gone. I, I think I put more than one scape in there because I was eager to, to get better. But <laughs> it was bad. It was so bad. I wasted so much money on that hunk of junk it's hard not to waste money i think even if you plan it out and i mean i consider myself like a researcher i kind of look into things you know what should i get what should i not get and i still do it so i think i think it's just part of the game i have stories that i'm embarrassed to share about wasting money so (laughs) i don't even want to say them out loud to anybody um because they were just dumb ideas All right, I'm going to wrap up the show here. Thanks again for joining us here on the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Don't forget to send in those audio questions for George Farmer right to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out all the interviews and shows at aquascapingpodcast.com or on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a good week, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) 